Warning, the Savage Nation contains adult language, adult content, psychological nudity. Listener discretion is advised. And now, the world's most exciting podcast, The Savage Nation, home of borders, language, culture, and here he is, New York Times best-selling author and National Radio Hall of Fame inductee, Michael Savage. From Eisenhower to Obama in two generations, from Ben Casey to Nurse Jackie in two generations, from mutual assured destruction to assured national destruction, two generations. From Evan Rue to always Rude in two generations. From John Wayne to Lady Gaga in two generations. From I Spy to I Cry in two generations. From I Love Lucy to I Love Loosely in two generations. From Al Einstein to Al Gore in two generations. From I Have a Dream to I Have a Scheme in two generations. From Catcher in the Rye to Ketchup on the Fly in two generations. Starlets to harlots, preachers to breachers, athletes to sexletes, rabbis to sandflies, boy scouts to toy scouts, girl scouts to twirl scouts, from the eagle to the beagle in two generations. From LSD to ADD, from cardigans to partykins, from cub scouts to scouting cubs, from aspirin to oxycontin, from Lady Jane to let's get insane, from science to lieance, from law to claw, from zip guns to machine guns, from Manhattans to cosmos, from red book to spread books, from acorn the tree to acorn the spree, from babies to puppies, from guppies to yuppies, from private vets to private jets, from soldiers who kill to soldiers without will. From lassie to sassy. From religion to pigeons. From eons to peons. From rapists to offenders. From stickball to speedballs. From gallo to Lafitte. From Matus to Chartreuse. From Milltown to Prozac. From the Air Force to a Bear Force. From the Navy to Loose Gravy. From the army to I'm Swami. From Israel to Fisrael. From Taiwan to Spizwan. From the dragon and the eagle to the dragon and the beagle. From dragsters to drag queens. From redwoods to deadwoods. From health foods to wealth foods. From heroes to zeros. From UFOs to IOUs. From hirsute to lawsuit. From melarols to melanine. From Niagara to Viagra. From Coney Island to Survival Island. From the five families to the Sly families. From Al Capone to Sly Stallone. From Ike to Spikes. Truman to Untruman. Truman to Untruman. From Truman to the Untruman. From Reagan to Swayman. Rayburn to Pelosi. From the Eagle to the Beagle. From the Bible to the Legal. That's the story of America the Great to America that greats. Well, that was by popular request on the next to last show of the Savage Nation. And this is the second to last radio broadcast. We made history over these past 26 years. We kickstarted the Patriot Games. And of course, tomorrow is Wednesday. Thursday is the final show of this. I would say it's like a Broadway show. It's closing on Thursday. On Friday, a new show opens. <clears throat> that show is called the same show. It's called the Savage Nation Podcast. Now, many of you, hundreds of thousands of you, each episode listen to me on podcast anyway. I hope many of you on the radio will simply make the shift over uh, to that. I have a special announcement to make. What am I going to do for my first podcast on Friday? What could I offer you that's of any value, of any difference? Well, it'll be the regular news views and reviews, which you have uh, come to expect. But I'm going to have a sneak preview on Friday. Now, Friday, January 1 is not really the beginning of the broadcast year. Most people are off this week, and they'll be back on Monday the 4th, some the 5th, 6th. You know, they're on vacation, take a long one. But I decided that since I'm beginning a new phase of my career, my broadcast career on Friday, of podcasts only, uh, I'm going to do something unique for my listeners, and I'm going to do a sneak preview. You're going to get 15 minutes 
of an ongoing film that's being done by a major Hollywood cinematographer about yours truly, my life story. This cinematographer created T-Rex for Jurassic Park, done by Steven Spielberg. He's at the top of the heap of cinematographers. He's a friend of mine. And he interviewed me and is ongoingly interviewing me for an ongoing biopic about me. And it's not going to be released for a while. But this piece will be given to you this Friday on my first podcast. Again, Stephen Williams is the cinematographer. He created T-Rex for Jurassic Park by Steven Spielberg. And you're going to enjoy it. You're not going to see the video, but you're going to hear the audio of the video. So now we open it up to you. Listeners talk today on the Savage Nation radio show, 855-400-SAVAGE, 855-400-7282. And if you want to say something about your experience with the show, uh, what you'd like to be remembered for, you know, you're going to be recorded today. It's in a pretty important day for those of you in the radio world. And if you get on the Savage Nation today or Thursday with me, you will be part of radio history. I want to read to you something I got 10 minutes ago from a wonderful person who used to be the uh, webmaster for the Savage Nation, meaning, you know, michaelsavage.com. Karen O'Toole left that position a few years ago, and we lost touch with each other. But out of the blue, she sent this. She said, in praise of radio's rebellious legend. Now, Karen was much younger than most of my listeners. Here's how it began. She said this, was it the sound of Fats Domino, a reading of the prophet Jeremiah, an interview with Trump, or an anecdote about 1940s Queens when you first heard the Savage Nation? No matter what kept you tuned in, listeners could agree that this show stood out on the radio dial. Dr. Michael Savage recognized that people are not one-dimensional. They are much more than just their political affiliation. His program broke the mold for conservative talk as he did not shy away from larger conversations from nutrition to literature and every topic in between. It was the moments when Savage would break from the conventional conversation and address the great questions of life that he would transcend the AM airwaves. No longer was it a frivolous talk show, but rather a spirited discourse by a distinguished lecturer or a captivating tale by a master storyteller. Savage's unique brand of talk radio pioneered the next generation of audio media as podcasts proved that the people were eager to hear more than just your standard political talk. Boy, is that well done. Still, radio is not simply topics alone, but the connection a host fosters with his audience. Loyal listeners would be familiar with the signature savage trope of hanging up on even sympathetic callers. But countless other calls have led to conversations that keep us enraptured or as radio devotees would refer to as driveway moments. One such moment was a Thanksgiving Eve show where Dr. S was asking listeners about their plans. As he spoke to a woman caller, it became evident that she would be spending the holiday alone. His voice softened as he comforted her, and needless to say, he did not hang up. We have all heard radio hosts' attempts to empathize with a caller, but none seemed to possess the authenticity we hear from Dr. S., it was a broadcast in the late 2013 that stood out for me. Having learned about the gruesome murders of a California family, Savage dedicated an entire program to a discussion on the nature of evil. After listening to this broadcast, I decided that this was the, the type of radio I wanted to help create, and in an uncharacteristic move, I wrote a letter to Dr. S. To my surprise, I heard back, and after a vetting process, became part of the Savage team. I'm still not sure which of us was crazier, me for writing or Dr. S for giving me a chance. I would like listeners to know that the voice in the radio is the same as the man behind the microphone. With Dr. S, what you hear is what you get. For myself and the members of the Savage Nation, when we think of radio legends, it's the one, the only Dr. Michael Savage. Karen, thank you. I haven't heard from you for years. I certainly have always appreciated working with you. Now, what I want to talk about today, in addition to taking your calls on this next-to-last broadcast, is what we are all living through right now. And I've summarized it in three, three phrases. You ready for them? Tell me if this doesn't apply to you. Spiritual isolation, bogus solutions, and defiant actions. I'll repeat that because it's going to take some thinking. Spiritual isolation, bogus solutions, 
and defiant actions. We are all, by and large, living in spiritual isolation. We are hearing bogus solutions from shallow men and women. And yet we are all engaging in our own way in defiant actions, and it's taking many different forms depending upon who you are and what your proclivities are. I want you to think about your defiant actions, what you are doing to fight back against the machine that has created this spiritual isolation, using the virus as a prelude to this spiritual isolation. We are all condemned to this isolation, and as a result, we are condemned to perpetual self-searching. For some of us, self-searching is nothing new. I've lived with it my whole life. I've always been very introspective. I've always been isolated, even when I'm with people. But what happens is, for those of you who are not used to self-searching or gazing at your navel, as it used to be said in the 70s, it can be devastating. It can be frightening. It can actually be jarring, which is why suicides are up, alcohol use is up, drug use is up, because many of you can't handle self-searching. It's not easy. But what happens when you're self-searching? The mind that is self-searching sometimes gets involved in creating work because there is no solution in this contemporary situation with bogus solutions. Art itself can become a form of defiant action. To me, a radio show has always been an art form. It's like painting a watercolor. It's like writing a short story. Each show, when they were good, was a form of defiant action on my part. Now, there are others who understand what I'm talking about. Many of you know what I'm talking about. Many, many people know what I'm talking about. Many of you drink yourself into sobriety and see more lucidly than you do when you're sober. I don't have to say that I'm not promoting alcoholism. But many of you drink and see things more clearly when you're drunk than you do when you're sober. Many of you use drugs, and in some ways you're so clear of your pain, you can finally see the truth. And so in your excesses, you acquire some quality almost of saintliness because you go through a metamorphosis through your vices. And in so doing, you loop back to the spiritual isolation. This is the Savage Nation. That's the opening to the show. I'm Michael Savage. If you care to sound off today, the phone number is 855-400-7282. 855-400-SAVAGE. Uh, Jim, let's not go to the break. I want to repeat again what we're doing on the show. Today is the second to last program of this great journey of ours called the Savage Nation. And never forget what we did in these 26 years. We alone kick-started the Patriot Games. We, you and I, made history over these past 26 years, which cannot be taken away from us. And so, the last show will be Thursday, and on a Friday we switch immediately over to what we've been doing anyway, which is broadcasting. First podcast, Friday, January 1, you're not going to miss it. Sneak preview, 15 minutes of a savage story being filmed by a major Hollywood cinematographer who created Tyrannosaurus Rex. He created it when there were no such animated figures for the great movie Jurassic Park by Steven Spielberg. Steven Williams sat down with me and did this sneak preview, which I'm, I wasn't going to release it, by the way, until the movie was ready. But I thought that my loyal listeners would deserve something very, very special this Friday, and I don't think you're going to want to miss it. I'll be right back to take your calls because today, listeners talk. Michael Savage, a host like no other. One podcast I want to do is, um, a lot of the podcasts I want to do are going to be about the death of American culture. There was a time that there was a great American culture, ranging from jazz, primarily from black musicians, of course, not solely black musicians, but largely from black musicians, but great jazz all the way up to the classical musicians that we hear playing that were revered as cultural icons in America. Today, the entire culture has been reduced to gutter filth, garbage, street garbage called rap. I don't understand how America died like this. 
Who did this to us? Surely not everyone finds rap music of any interest. To me, it's filth and garbage. It's the music of a jail cell. It's music that can be played on a wash tub with a string. How did that become the only culture that we can hear around the clock, whether we're in an elevator or a department store, or the shriek of a mad hysterical girl shrieking in an elevator? The devil once said that his greatest trick was convincing you he didn't exist. Well, I can talk about that for quite some length about the Biden-Harris team because they have tricked you into believing that they're our best, they have our best interests at heart. As I see it, Biden and Harris have only a dictator's interest at heart. And I'm telling you again that when 2021 rolls around, they're going to regret that they ever won the presidency. This country is unmanageable. The debt is totally out of control. The, the country is fundamentally bankrupt right now. I don't know what happened to you. We've been talking about fiscal conservatism from the beginning of time here on the Savage Nation. And many of you are social liberals but fiscal conservatives. I heard that for years. Social liberal but fiscal conservative. Under this administration and this current Republican regime, we have thrown all caution to the wind. They have become like King Ludwig II of Bavaria who bankrupted the treasury. And your children's children's children will never recover from the debt service that we are going to have to live through. The big winner is China. The Savage Nation. It's savage on demand. We're briefed on the steps needed to clean up the humanitarian disaster that the Trump administration has systematically created on our southern border. We will institute humane and orderly responses. In that means rebuilding the capacity we need to safely and quickly process asylum seekers. You without schmuck creating you. You moron you. In the midst of this deadly pandemic. Are you listening to this, Putz? These are hard issues. And the current oh, administration Did you hear what this incoming Putz just said? What this ventriloquist of the far left has just said? This Putz, in an age of COVID with a budgetary disaster, is telling us he's going to bring in millions of illegal immigrants from the southern border. Just what the doctor ordered. Isn't that what you needed? More of the illiterates? More of the diseased from south of the border? More illiterates and more diseased people over the border under the Democrat machine that's about to take over the reins of government? That's what you voted for? I want one liberal listening to this show, tell me why you want more illiterates from Central America, more diseased people from Central America. Tell me why you want them in this country, because you don't. So who is it who's pulling the strings on Charlie McCarthy there? It's anyone's guess which far left group is pulling Charlie McCarthy Biden's strings in the back of his uh, jacket there. And then, wait, the putz gets even worse. They get the putz to read about climate change next in clip two. Listen to this now. In the midst of a COVID epidemic, in the midst of the spiritual isolation, in the midst of the budget disaster, this putz is talking about bringing in millions of illegal aliens. And wait, it gets worse in clip two. Listen. Take climate change, for example. The United States accounts for less than 15% of the global carbon emissions. But without clear, coordinated, and committed approach from the other 85% of the carbon emitters, the world will continue to warm. Storms will continue to worsen. Shut the hell up. Climate change Shut, will get continue. I don't want to listen to him. I will not listen to this moron. He has no brains. He's stupid. All he is is a stupid career politician who the Democrat machine pushed into the presidency by controlling the voting machines. By having the unions vote, the illegal aliens vote. That's how this putz won. Now, wouldn't it be bad enough if, okay, you won, if you had a rational Democrat administration incoming and said, wait a minute, we can't keep pushing the same crap on these people. It's what got us into trouble last time. The people don't believe any of this anymore. Even liberals are against more uh, asylees coming into a country, especially in the time of COVID. We know the climate 
hypothesis is a complete fraud. No one buys it anymore. No one cared about it during the debates. But we don't have that. The far left has taken this dummy, Biden, put their hands inside the back of his jacket and are making his mouth move up and down and repeat the crap that they've put into your child's brain in the universities. Now, aren't you going to miss this? Because no one else will say this to you the way I do. Oh, they'll say it in different ways. God bless them all. But you're only going to hear that through me as long as I can and want to do it. So you who stand upside down implanted like a stake in the ground, you who stand upside down implanted like a stake in the ground, if you can, speak out. 855-407-282. Let's take some calls. Al in California somewhere. Al, welcome to the program. Welcome. Thank you for the call, Michael. Appreciate the opportunity to chat with you one final time. Uh, I, I, I'm going to say something that you probably will not like hearing, but I, I feel that you are abandoning those of us out here that are desperately in search of accurate information in a timely manner. I think. Well, well let me answer the, 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 the uh, let me answer your, your um, emotions in a certain way. Um, do you think this is entirely my choice? Um, you know, I, no, well, it isn't my choice. Okay. I don't want to waste any more time with hems and haws. No, no, it's not entirely my choice because the great syndicator who has syndicated my show since 2013 had options and they've elected to silence me. They do not even want a weekend show a Sunday show. They don't want to run the podcast. I'll let that hang in the air because one day the truth will come out. It won't be today on the radio show because I do not discuss ongoing situations that will have to be adjudicated somewhere else. So don't blame me for what's being done. Nobody in their right mind would throw away this audience unless there was a vendetta. Now let's go back to our world right now, and let's take the calls I said to you on the Savage Nation. Those of you who live in spiritual isolation are hearing bogus solutions from the Democrats, but unfortunately bogus solutions from the Republicans, and unfortunately, always bogus solutions from the media. Where does that leave you? It leaves you with defiant actions, which means you go on social media and you put up inane comments. That's a defiant action. Some of you are passive in your defiant actions. You know what's going on, but you don't do anything about it because you can't. You're powerless. You know the masks are a myth, by and large, unless somebody is spewing infected droplets you know that but you wear the mask because you have to go out of the house and shop or whatever you have to do you've been forced to comply by the fascist machine and this is only the first step of their compliance under the fascist of fascists the number one fascist in american history which is anthony fauci how this pharmacist's assistant a complete and total front for the pharmaceutical industry which he has always been, going back to the AIDS epidemic. He failed the gay community. He lied about AIDS ep the AIDS epidemic. He failed the gay community. He let the epidemic rage when AIDS was out of control. If you don't believe me, read some of the early literature written by gay activists. They knew what was going on. They knew the bathhouses had to be closed down. But they knew what the cowardly, craven politicians would not do a thing like Dianne Feinstein. And look how far she got. Look how far she got. It's interesting, isn't it, the country we live in, what you can get away with in this country if you have the power. Think about what you can get away with. You have the power in this country. What You can, get. You can have a Chinese spy driving for you for 20 years, and when you're caught, say, gee, I didn't know he was a Chinese spy. I didn't know he was from China. Although he was my chauffeur and he shopped for me, he was in my house. I didn't know he was a spy for China. She didn't even lose her position uh, in, in, in the Senate. So you could say, where do we go from here? Well, I'm not going to give you a bogus solution. I'm not going to be one of those giving you a bogus solution to sell you a hair wax. I'm just going to do what I always do, do it the best way I can. In my last book, Our Fight for America, I said the war continues. Was I wrong? I think the war continues, doesn't it? The left-wing organizations that were worthy of investigation by a House Committee on Patriotism, forget about it. 
The list that I gave you in the back of that book, they're now running the country. Amnesty International, Black Lives Matter, Center for American Progress, ProPublica, Tide Center, uh, right down the list, ACLU, National Council of Churches, Interfaith Center on Corporate Responsibilities. These are all far-left organizations that had we lived in a patriotic time would have been investigated, the founders put in prison, and their assets seized. Now they're running the country. They are the ventriloquists talking through Biden. You understand what I'm saying to you? Let's take some calls because I told you today, listeners talk. That's the title of the show, Listeners Talk. Canada, Chris, line seven. I have a surprise for him. Uh, Chris, what's on your mind today? Hello, Dr. Savage. Thanks for taking my call. Yes, sir. Very excited. Very excited. I finally got to talk to you. Um, okay. On your second to last show. But um, I have one comment I want to say. Um, but I also did want to just say to you that uh, I want to thank you for everything uh, over the years, all the knowledge you've given. I want to just say this. Look, Chris, I know you're probably a little nervous right now because you didn't think you'd get through. I remember not being on the radio and calling shows. I, I would get very nervous calling into a show if I called once in a while. It's very nerve-wracking to think that you're being listened to by so many people. But put it aside because I'm the only one listening to you, to you right now. So what's the main thing on your mind? What's the number one thing you call to say? Well, I just wanted to say thank you again for that. But uh, the big thing I wanted to say was uh, I just wanted to try to encourage you to somehow uh, take callers on your podcast, if that's... We are. I found a method. We have the program. We're doing it, believe it or not, Chris. And I'm glad you raised that question. Chris said, I hope you have callers on your podcast because most podcasts do not have call-ins. We, we're going to have it. My excellent team of uh, Jim Verde and Ryan O'Callaghan... They have found a program where you can call in, and every day of the show, of the podcast, I will be posting on my website, michaelsavage.com, and on Twitter and on Facebook and on Instagram, a website that you click onto that you can actually talk to me through a website. Isn't that how it works, Jim? Jimmy, Jim, yes, no, yes. T t tell the audience how it works. Go on the air. Go ahead. Come on be famous for another minute okay that's the way it works what happens is uh dr savage is going to post a link on twitter facebook instagram all you do is click on that link and then you'll be put in a queue uh you'll join the conversation and then when he's ready to talk to you he will talk and we'll have all that recorded and uh, so there it is i'll actually talk to the callers we'll record that and work that into the podcast that day but it'll be live talking to each other not can meaning we will talk to each other so if I don't like what they're saying, I'll say, uh, get off my show and go grow hair on your, uh, take some Rogaine, gargle with Rogaine, stuff like that. Grow hair on your throat. All right, let's take some more calls on the Savage Nation. If you want to get in on this second to last show, listeners do talk today. And while we're waiting for you to call, there's one open line here. I want to read something else to you that is of interest to me. We looked up the titles of the top Savage Nation podcasts of the last two years by title. And that's an indicator of what you're interested in. So here they are. Number one of all of them was Ryder shot dead who's to blame. Number two was, is it time to use the military to stop the Antifa violence? Number three, and this is very surprising. Do parallel universes exist? Can time move backwards? I'm quite surprised to tell you you're interested in such topics, and I'm really happy to to tell you that because I intend to do more of them. Coronavirus, a real threat. Next one was Trump interviewed. Next, Bolton is a traitor, should be tried for treason. The next most popular podcast of this year was Is the Virus About Social Control or Is It Worse Than We Fear? Then there was Riots, Thugs, and Trump's War Against Twitter. Then this is an odd one. Seattle riots, why Trump should not send in the military. Why Trump should not send in the military, that was a top one. And then we have these. Is the vaccine 100% safe? Massage parlors and strip clubs stay open. Churches closed in San Francisco. Save our states by increasing ICU capacities. Another top podcast of the last uh, year was this one. From triumph of the will of the American people to the triumph of the ill of the American sheeple. And then there was, has the country moved to the left? 
Most visited news sites say yes. That was in December before the election. We then did from the Japanese internment of World War II to the martial law lockdowns of today, which I'm calling a sort of internment of the American people. Next was Savage Goes All podcast in 2021. Next was Biden and Harris's racism exposed, etc. So what I did was some research for you, which is to look into the topics that seem to appeal to you. And I'm not going to use this as the sole model. I mean, there's things I've never talked about that I want, I want to do podcasts. I'll give you an example. I was going through my library here in the radio studio, and I stumbled upon The Divine Comedy by Dante Alighieri. And saying, well, what? what? That used to be read in high school in my era. We actually read Dante in high school. We read Plato in high school, if you can believe it. Now the average student probably knows more about, I, I don't even want to say it. It's become a name for me to repeat their names. Take the most inane slut who's famous in America and very wealthy for having done nothing than, than shown her fat behind. Take that inane person, a waste of human DNA. Now compare her to Dante, and no one will know. The people who know her don't know who Dante was. They don't know who Plato was. They don't know who Beethoven was. This is the world we're living in, the debased culture of, it, of America today. I don't know that it can ever recover from this. But I actually intend to pick up Shakespeare, Dante, Plato, and read some pieces from them without boring you to death. Read some of them on the podcast and try to relate some of the pieces I'm going to read to what we're witnessing today in our world and then wonder how it is that the gutter has reigned supreme in America, how the lowest common denominator now rules American culture, while the highest of our culture has been erased from civilization. Think about racism, if you'd like, for a minute as I take this break. The Savage Nation. It's savage, uncut, unfiltered, and raw. It is the Savage Nation. Again, if you want to get in on the second-to-last radio broadcast, a piece of radio history, you'll be recorded. Uh, there is one open line at 855-407-282. I will be back Thursday for the final broadcast, and on Friday we begin a whole new chapter. I would say the last chapter of my broadcast career begins. It really continues. It doesn't really begin. I mean, I have two years' worth of podcasts that are now up anyway that you can download, so... It's a continuation in some ways, but different than others, obviously. It's going to be more free, not tied to the clock that we all live by here in this great medium of radio, which has been so good to me and allowed me to help elect a president. Because without radio, Donald Trump wouldn't be president. Make no mistake about it. Just, hey, let's clear the air. Without talk radio, Donald Trump would not be a president. He himself said it to me. He said it to me back after he was elected. It was almost a shock to him. Of course he wanted to win, but he didn't think he would. By everything I can put together, he did not think he would win. And he was shocked when he did win. In fact, the last appearance on my show of that year was during the day of the election. On election day, he called the show. He sounded downtrodden. He sounded defeated. I even said to him, you sound a little down, Donald. He said, no, no, I'm okay. But he, he didn't sound good. So all the books I had written that had 40 Ways to Save America, the Savage Manifesto, according to people who ran his campaign, they said they boiled down my messaging for his campaign, which is why Donald Trump said, if it wasn't for you, I wouldn't be president. Home of Borders, Language, Culture, The Savage Nation. When I was a little boy in a tenement apartment in the Bronx, I think my mother bought me a hand-wound Victrola, if you can believe it. I think they still make them. I don't even know if you go camping, whatever. And it was battery power, meaning your hand power. You'd wind it up and put a record on it. And one record I played over and over on an OCD manner was Gene Autry. And I'm looking back, why would I play this song, A Kid in the Bronx in a Crowded Tenement, and he's dreaming of being back in the saddle again, open plains where a friend is a friend, because it was a dream, because it was a dream to that kid that such a place existed. Did it really exist? Did the cowboys all get along with each other? Or was it really Brokeback Mountain? Or as I called it, Bareback Mountain. I remember when that movie came out, I got into a little trouble at the radio station. 
because it was called Brokeback Mountain, remember, and I called it Bareback Mountain. Oh, everyone went crazy with that one. But that's what it was. So, I don't know. The kid was just dreaming at the time, this four-year-old, five-year-old boy, of a place where things were simple and honest. Does it exist in America? I think it must somewhere. I've never found it. I found it sometimes with family, sometimes with a dog, sometimes on a boat. In fact, more so today than ever, my greatest peace is on the water. Maybe it's always been on the water. Maybe there's some ancestral connection that I don't know anything about. I mean, we were landlocked people going all the way back as far as I've been able to do the genealogy. Nobody was a sea captain, but there's sea in my blood. I've always lived near the water. The sound of the gulls is a sound I... I know I'm home when I hear gulls, wherever I am. Wherever, whenever I hear gulls, I know I'm home. Whether I grew up, I was born in Manhattan, Manhattan, 2nd Avenue, 17th Street, whatever the hospital is. Grew up in the Bronx, was raised in the Bronx in Manhattan, Lower East Side, but never far from water. And although I love the mountains personally, I, I do love the mountains. I mean, I like being away from water because there's a sense of safety in a high mountain. I've always loved the Tahoe, Tahoe Basin, the Tahoe Mountains, the High Sierra. It's always been phenomenally interesting to me. Snowy Peaks, and that's you know brings me to the botany story, from Zone One to Zone Ten. All very interesting in the geography and the different kind of plants that you find from Zone One, which is desert. What do I have it backwards now? To, to Zone Ten, the mountain, or vice versa, from the alpine flower to the desert uh, flower, Zone One to Zone Ten. The millions of flowering plants in this great creation of gods. And ever since I've been a child, I've looked at I've looked at mountaintops and not a, I don't see them as mountaintops. I see them as islands when the earth was flooded. I've always had these visions. I can always see the flood. And I know we're just living here temporarily. <laughs> Sometimes I wonder about how do we go on knowing that we're only living here temporarily. And I don't mean in our own lifetime. I mean as civilizations come and go, and as we see our civilization dying, and you can blame anyone you want, you can go from left to right, from north to south, from east to west, you can name any race you want, everyone has a reason why our civilization is dying. Everyone's solution is different. That's what I was referring to in the first hour today of bogus solutions. Bogus solutions. So the radical white blames the Jew, the radical black blames the white you name it just look at it see see what's going on they always have a scapegoat for their problems their failures the fact that they've lost in society they got someone to blame but they're bogus solutions because there's no one to blame at the end of the day there's no one to blame and what we're about to descend into in 2021 is unimaginable there's no good solution to what's coming None. And for the idiot Biden, the puppet Biden, to be saying we're going to roll back Trump's restrictions on immigration, we're bringing in millions of illegal aliens, climate change is going to be cleaned up, means that he's a fool, a bigger fool than we all knew he was, a much bigger fool. In a time of COVID, that's what the schmuck is talking about? I don't see any hope for America under these two clowns who are just fronts for the far left. And even the far left, they are fronts for even more nefarious powers, no doubt our foreign enemies. There's no question about it in my mind that the foreign enemies control the far left. And they've had you believe it was Russia and Donald Trump, you morons, you. You wanted a, a war with Russia, you putzes you, you fools, you left wing. You know you're as stupid as I actually thought you always were? You may be a brilliant lawyer, a brilliant doctor, a brilliant businessman, but you're actually a fool when it comes to your own survival. So who are we going to turn to for what's going to happen in the next year? With the debt that we have incurred, there is no survival in the future. What's it going to print more money, print more money, print more money, give out more money, more money, more money? When does that end? Where does it come to an end? How does it come to an end? Look at what Thomas Jefferson wrote without boring you to death with the, with the ancient past. I'll do this on a podcast next week. Thomas Jefferson, one of our great founders, one of the great writers of, the, uh, of the, uh, um, the great America that we live in, 
one of the greatest of all men, was concerned about debt, terribly concerned about debt. He wanted to cut debt and spending. He felt that if we didn't, even and then if he didn't, he said the debt must be paid. If we, not do, if we do not do this, our children, our grandchildren, and many generations to come will have to pay for our mistakes. Truer today than it was then. President Jefferson wanted to pay the government debt off. He wanted to cut taxes on the production and sale of products such as whiskey and tobacco. He hoped the government could get all the money it needed from import taxes and from the sale of public lands. And what did Jefferson do to save money? He ended unnecessary jobs in the executive branch. Ha! Is that what Biden's going to do to show he's different than Trump? Biden's going to cut unnecessary jobs in the executive branch? Biden's going to reduce the number of American ambassadors with their golden palaces all over the world? Jefferson dismissed all tax inspectors. Most government offices, Thomas Jefferson said, were created by laws of Congress. Congress alone must act on these positions. The citizens of the United States have paid for these jobs with their taxes. It is not right or just for the government to take more than it needs from the people. Jefferson wanted the Congress to reduce the judicial branch. He hoped to dismiss all the Federalist judges, former President Adams appointed. I don't want to go into history. I'll sound like the ambulance chaser who tries to sound smart like he wrote the Constitution. The man's made a fortune bamboozling you into thinking he wrote the Constitution. He made more money selling it to you than Thomas Jefferson did in writing it. But okay, no man has ever gone broke underestimating the intelligence of the American radio listener. So where are we going to turn when we know that this country cannot be saved given the orientation both of the Biden-Harris machine and of the Republican Party? Tell me how. Who's going to cut the budget? Now they're fighting over giving people $2,000 after they gave away trillions of dollars, hundreds of billions of dollars to their friends. Large corporations, biggest winners. Complete sham artists on left and right. Did you see who got the PPP money? You never paid much attention, I try to tell you, but you didn't want to hear it. The radio cartel that I am trying to warn you about, many of them collected PPP money while telling you, the idiot, that they were in favor of smaller government, limited government, uh, cut welfare. They lined up around the block to take PPP money. Conservative news network amongst them. A man who poses as a great, great conservative. Conservative news network, hand out. PPP money. Radio hosts like Dennis Prego has a university in his own name, if you can believe it, a, a loudmouth piano playing putts like him, PPP money. And yet they listen to them the next day like nothing happened. They let You point fingers on the left, point it to the right. You want to be fair about it? Look at what the right has done to the, to the budget. Where is the right? That's not right wing. That's not left wing. That's called the grifter wing. It's the G-Wing, worse than the G-Spot. The G-Wing, the grifter wing, took over both parties. So what do you think is going to happen in 2021? I think I'm going to handle that on Monday, November 4th, on my first podcast, because I've got some ideas on it. There was an interesting article yesterday about Nostradamus and his predictions for 2021. Asteroids, zombies, and a bad outlook. They picked it up in the New York Post. Ruinous famine is predicted, according to the French philosopher and all-around uh, guru, died in 1566, who was a prophet. He was right about some, wrong about others, from the Renaissance era. He alluded to certain events that came out to be true, such as the French Revolution, development of the atomic bombs, our 11th terrorist attacks. But what did Nostradamus see for 2021? It's pretty terrifying. In his writings, he mentions few young people Half dead to give a start. What does that mean? A zombie apocalypse. Then he wrote, Fathers and mothers dead of infinite sorrows. Women in mourning, the pestilent she-monster. The great one to be no more, all the world to end, said Nostradamus. Now remember, he was right about some predictions and wrong about others. But it's a little chilling when you think about it. Very, very chilling. He did foresee the French Revolution, the development of the A-bomb, and the September 11th terrorist attacks. What does he see? What did he see for 2021? He saw a pestilence that would basically end the world. 
alluding to the coronavirus pandemic of 2020. But he wrote that the following year, 2021, will be even more destructive, perhaps bringing famine to the world. You say that can't happen. It's already happening. Millions of Americans are heading to food banks for the first time in modern history. UN has warned that food insecurity will be an even bigger problem in 2021. Nostradamus, the prophet in the Middle Ages, wrote, After great trouble for humanity, a greater one is prepared. The great mover renews the ages. Rain, blood, milk, famine, steel, and plague. Is the heaven's fire seen a long spark running? What is a, what is a long spark running? An asteroid. He says, in the sky one sees fire in a long trail of sparks. You may not know this, but on Christmas Day, a huge asteroid zipped right past Earth. In November, a, an asteroid the size of a pickup truck missed our planet by over 250 miles over the southern Pacific on Friday the 13th. What would happen if an asteroid hit the Earth? It would be like an atomic or hydrogen bomb hitting the Earth. Now remember this. Nostradamus's writings are vague. Or maybe they're made up. You can end it by saying it's all nonsense. I don't believe in any of it. Let's wait and see. After all, Biden's a smart man. And Harris, of course, as you well know, has spent her entire life uh, thinking only about America. Yeah, right. If you think that, please turn the show off because you need to call 911. I say we are living in the spiritual isolation with bogus solutions. And many of us are reverting to defiant actions in our own lives to survive whatever they may be, drinking, drugs, sex. I don't know what you're doing to survive this madness. Where one putts like Anthony Fauci suddenly has more power than all men combined in the history of America. How did that happen? That a pharmacist assistant who is not a scientist but a politician and a front for the drug industry, the vaccination industry. How did one man become so powerful? And here's the irony of it all, the crux of the irony, which is of no surprise to me maybe to you, is that the left-wing goose steps with the lockdowns, they're all for them. Why is it that the left, the, the great left-wing that pretends to be so revolutionary and rebellious goes along with everything that the government tells them to do? Lockdowns, masks, social distancing. Why is it the left complies so readily? While it's the reviled right that says not so fast, the science does not support closing restaurants. The science does not support killing businesses. The science does not support mask wearing everywhere for everyone. Why is it that those of us on the libertarian side of things or the right side of things see the truth while those on the left are nothing more than hollow shells of compliance? My community is the Savage Nation, and it's time we got savage! So look, the first podcast of 2021 is this Friday. Most people are not going to listen. Maybe you will. I hope you will. And the reason I'm trying to get you into the theater on Friday, no matter what you may be doing, here's the beauty. You can listen to it anytime you want on a podcast. Apple, Spotify, however you get a podcast. And it's the Savage Nation podcast. I'm giving you something that I've held in reserve just for a day like that. It's never been played. It's never been exhibited on social media. And it is the first 15 minutes of a video biopic done by a major Hollywood cinematographer who created T-Rex for Jurassic Park by Steven Spielberg. That's an awful lot of words. Listen to what I just said, you scoffers who think you know everything. It was not shot by uh, a friend with an iPhone of me talking in a bathroom or a toilet with, with a shower curtain behind me. Stephen Williams is the real McCoy. He was an expert on lenses, and as a result of that, he created Tyrannosaurus Rex as a vid digital image. I, I don't know what he did, not digital, however he did it. I don't even know how he did it. I don't, I'm not into that. For Jurassic Park, he, we became friends years ago. And uh, he started filming me for a, an ongoing movie that they want to do about me. It was on, it was off, you know, I lost interest in it. And he moved away. I found the first 15 minutes of that biopic of Savage. And I suggest that you listen to it on Friday if you're interested in the show and me and where I may be going and why and what I'm made of, how I'm wired, how this clock ticks. You'll hear it once and once only until the movie is ready. 
this Friday on the Savage Nation podcast. Back in a minute. Michael Savage, a host like no other. And when the mind of man a wanderer, more from the flesh and less by thought imprisoned, it dreams it seemed to me I saw suspended an eagle in the sky with plumes of gold with wings wide open and intent to stoop. So that's Dante uh, from the Inferno. I, I'm sorry, from the Divine Comedy, Dante's Divine Comedy. But the only reason I'm reading it is to show you how smart I am and play intellectual genius. No, that's not why. Because the greatness of European civilization has been kicked to the gutter by racists and leftists. And I intend as one man to hold up the world. I intend to hold up the world. It doesn't matter to me if anyone joins me or not. I will not listen to gutter music. I will not listen to gutter speakers. I will not watch gutter television. I refuse. I just refuse. I'm on strike. I'm not required to listen to that trash and call it music. It's not even bad poetry. It's below, it's below bad poetry. It's below language itself. It's pre-language. And when you think of the greatness of language in so many languages, the Spanish language, for example, I went to high school, I had to read Spanish I read Cervantes in Spanish, French literature, Spanish literature, you name it. And look what passes for literature now. If it's not about gays or lesbians, it's hardly ever looked at by New York publishers anymore. If it's not anti-Trump, it couldn't be published last year. That's called the death of, civiliz- the death of a nation. So, you know, I do a podcast. I'm not going to beat you to death with the highfalutin stuff. But if it fits in, you'll hear about it. A breast like oxen going in a yoke, I with that heavy laden soul went on in the purgatory. You know what's interesting is there was a time in America when a high school student had to read Dante in Latin. Would you believe it compared to today? They don't even know pig Latin today. If you force them to even speak English, they call you a racist. If you excel in mathematics, they call you a racist. If your child is brilliant in science, they call you a racist. Civilization can't survive with this. And now you've elected a president who will add fuel to the fire of this false narrative with his bogus solutions, his totally bogus solutions. Good luck. Good luck, Joe. Good luck, Joe, because you cannot pull any rabbits out of the hat for what you're inheriting. You may not have created what's happening, but you certainly did not create it. You've been in the government for 40 years. And you're running, mate? Are you joking? Take a look at where she comes from, the most corrupt city in the world, San Francisco. She's going to solve the problems of America. She has the intellectual depth necessary to solve the problems of America with that whiny voice of hers. Every other word is about racism and white this and white that. When she's married to a white man, what the hell does she think is going to happen if she keeps it up? Well, anyway, that's the way I see it. One rebellious soul, me. I'm not going to go. I'm not going into that oven. I'm not walking into that oven. You want to go? Go ahead. Go get yourself toasted. I'm not walking into their oven. And nobody can manage this country. I don't care who it is. It's unmanageable right now for a multitude of reasons. Never mind the debt problem. Never mind the virus problem. Never mind the fake scientists running the virus problem. I love, I love the science says this. The science says that. What science? Written on a to- in a toilet bowl a day before? by Fauci's minions? What science proves that eating outdoors in an outdoor terrace on a restaurant spreads the virus? None. No science supports that at all. The contrary is true. And yet that pharmacist assistant, that fraud, that vaccination pusher tells you, go out of business. Go commit suicide for all I care. I got a good fat government check and God knows what I'm getting on the side for my consulting and this company and that co- Do you have any idea where this ends? No one does. Round and round it goes, and where it stops, nobody knows. Well, how do we solve the problem? Well, I can give you bogus solutions, but I'm not going to. I'll leave that to Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. They have plenty of bogus solutions. One, they're going to solve climate change. Two, they're going to flood America on the southern border with uh, 
sick illegal aliens who are illiterate and have no skills whatsoever. That's just what the doctor ordered. You talk about the divine comedy when you have fools like this inheriting this great nation at a time of crisis and their only solution is to make it worse. Good luck, Joe. Good luck, Kamala. I wouldn't want to be in your skirt for all of the skirts in Bloomingdale's. So let's take some callers. I told you that today listeners talk. It's the next to last broadcast uh, on this radio show. And it'll be, you know, it'll be an archival thing that we'll have for a long time in the archives. So we'll get some of you up right now. I don't know who to take. Who shall I take, Jim? There's so many callers. I don't really know what to take. Matthew in Ohio, you've been listening since the first grade. Got to take you, Matthew. Go ahead. What's on your mind? Dr. Savage, it's an honor and a privilege to finally get to speak with you. My earliest memories of getting to talk to or listen to you, I was uh, six years old with my parents. We used to go out for ice cream on the weekends, and you were syndicated in the evening at the time here in Dayton. And uh, I just remember as a young boy, your powerful voice, um, your, your ability to take such a bad situation. And a lot of news over the years is bad news. And your oh, ability yeah. to still make us laugh. Um, and I, yes, I, there is. There can be humor in the midst of pain. There can be humor in the midst of sorrow. There can be humor in the midst of pain. But I don't know that there's going to be much humor left in this country. It's going to be a humorless world come 2021. The piteous people who are running this country, the piteous, shallow, empty skirts who run the media, do you see any humor in any of them? We're entering into a dark, humorless world filled with pain, worse than today. But, hey... I'm not going to sit here like uh, Miss Pollyanna and tell you it's going to be great. I want to thank you very much for listening through the first from the first grade. I, I assume you listen to my show now on podcast from time to time, and you'll be listening come Friday, correct? Uh, yes, Dr. Savage. I'm one of your first podcasts. I used to stream it online before you even had a podcast. I'd catch the, the archive ah, episode. Right. Well, you know, here's the lucky... You know, you talk about what's good luck and what's bad luck. So the radio gods who conspired to take me off major stations. That's a story for another time. I don't want to talk about it right now. It's a waste of your time. Every time I lost a major station, whether it be WMAL in Washington, where I had very high ratings, but I was too much of a threat to the power structure, they kept instead the vanilla on. When they took me off, people found me on the stream. So I already started to build a following digitally with each station that was denuded from the constellation some of the people sought me out and found me online so they're already listening to me on a podcast so it's not gonna be a big change for them right that's the way it is you know what is good luck what is bad luck thank you for listening look forward to seeing you on the other side on friday again for those of you who just turned on the dial uh my first podcast alone it will no longer be radio will be friday january 1 most people are not going to broadcast they're on vacation most people are not listening. I don't agree with that. I happen to think there's going to be a huge audience on January 1st because we're living in unusual times. I don't know. How, you know, you talk about people, oh, no one listens in the end of December. That was then. Now it's COVID time. No one listens on January 1. They're all hangover on January 1st. Nobody goes out and gets drunk like a moron on New Year's Eve. That's over. That's dead. Drinking is over largely. They're going to listen. And it's going to be a bigger audience than ever, so I'm going to give you something that no one's ever heard before. Sneak preview, 15 minutes of a savage story filmed by the major Hollywood cinematographer who created T-Rex for Jurassic Park by Steven Spielberg. He filmed me a few years ago for an ongoing uh, biopic and documentary. And there's something else I cannot tell you about. I've hinted at it. A major Hollywood star is part owner of a cable network, TV network. We've been talking now for quite a while. He wants me to be the lead news broadcaster on it. I'm not doing it. I will not do it. I'm not devoting myself. I'll do one a week. He wanted me to do a daily show of an hour long. I said, no, I'm not as hungry as the ambulance chasers. I don't need it. I don't want it. I don't want to do it. You've got to be insane to do a thing like that with the two podcasts a week. But I will probably do it with him. In fact, when the show is over today, we're going to talk again. He's, he wanted me to do one last week. 
It's a little-known uh, cable network, but he wants to make it equal to Newsmax, that type of thing, and he's looking for a star to, to be the anchor. So I can do one a week or something is about what I'm going to do. So look, you know, one door closes and two doors open. That's the way the world works. I mean, if you have a will, there's a way. So don't think that you're not going to be able to hear the show. Podcasts, this, that, it'll all be there in a different way. Will I miss this? I don't know anymore. I, I've loved radio. It's part of my DNA. You know, hey, when did I start radio? You all know what age I am. You know what age bracket I'm in. Most men look to retirement. They work 20, 25 years, and they retire with a pension. What they do with themselves is their business. Some are ambitious, and they go into another world, another wor uh, work. They make more money. I get it. I was never one to think about a, a, a retirement. I never perceived of a retirement. I could never comprehend it. So I've had the opportunity to have retired several times now. But why didn't I? Why? Well, there's a lot of reasons why. And if I give you the real reason why, you'll say I'm making it up. So I'm not going to give you the real reason why. What if I'm actually committed to the country? You can't believe that. You think you, everyone's so cynical you don't believe a word anyone says. So uh, he's making it up. Well, I'll tell you this. You know, I got a call the other day from my friend uh, Phil. And I'm not going to mention his whole name, but Phil is ex, I don't say ex, I guess they're always that way, Special Forces, Vietnam, paratrooper, great friend of mine, I look up to him, I told him he's the bedrock of America, he knows how much I respect the real warriors of this country. A few years ago, he invited me to give a very small talk to a Special Forces group in Northern California that had a closed party. I don't know how many men were there, 50 men and their wives and families. I said, look, I'm not a combat veteran. I was never in the military. He said, they all know that, but they look to you as a, as a hope. They love you. I said, I'm intimidated to be there. He said, don't be intimidated. They love you. And I gave a small three or four or five-minute speech. I wish I could get my hands on it. I, I bet I could find it for my podcast. Bear with me. Next week, I'll have it for you. And I, I think I opened it with this line. I remember writing the speech. I was saying, what the hell am I going to say to combat veterans? Men who, whose lives are on the line when they go out there. I'm just a radio guy. What the hell am I going to say to them? And I opened with saying the following. I think I wrote, although I have not worn the red badge of courage, I went from there. It was a pretty good speech when you think about it. And I met men going back to the Korean War with more medals on their chest than you can imagine. And they were all not big like big actors, big fake actors. Some of them were actually diminutive in size. If you saw them in the street, you would never know that they were brave men who risked and risked their lives for America. Central casting as done by Katzenberg, Hatzenberg, and Matzenberg is not real. Everything they do is fake. Everything that they create is fake. And we think that that's reality. But those men that I am referring to now believe that I have done this show for America. And that's all that matters to me not what the cynics or the idiots or the sub-morons on Twitter say. It's those men and what they think of me that matters. And again, to my listeners out there, I want to thank you for these, the history we made together. We, uh, as I said, started the Patriot Games on this show, and uh, we will continue them so far as uh, I can in the future, for as long as I can or as long as I desire to, which I hope will be a quite a long time. But one never knows. Do you really know when the last stroke of the pendulum is going to swing left to right or right to left? Do you really know that? You don't really know that. So I can't say I know it. I've been a cat who has lived seven lives. I've survived seven times when I shouldn't have. Let's see if in a professional way I survived this. Fans of the spoken word, welcome. This is a podcast. Greetings, pod recipients. You are entering the Savage Nation. Read the book. See the movie. The Enemy Within, 2002, Michael Savage, Saving America from the Liberal Assault on Our Schools, Faith, and Military. It all sounds like, oh, yeah, I heard that before. Well, you did. The ambulance chaser was chasing ambulances. Uh, the other ambulance chaser was pretending he was a great conservative when he wasn't. Well, listen to what I wrote. A conservative revolution is called for. This is in 2002, before the ambulance chasers took over talk radio. I wrote this. It should be clear to you by now, the RDDB lawyers of the ACLU, 
the yapping dogs of hate, the unfettered judicial oligarchy, the clueless Hollywood idiots, the activist journalists, the ponytailed Marxist professors, and the neo-socialist education czarinas have seized power in this country. These subversive forces are nothing more than a collective criminal enterprise. They're the head of the snake. For 40 years, they have slithered into every state of the union, every community, every classroom, every living room, every closet, spreading their filth, chaos, and anti-American venom. Look at the legacy of the left. Their America is, is one where criminals have given more freedom than cops, where junk lawsuits proliferate in the courts, where the United States Constitution is becoming subservient to international law, where too many schoolchildren, even though they have been taught how to put a condom on a cucumber, can barely add, spell, read, or write, where pornography has penetrated every home with a television or computer, where violence has become the national sport, where athletes who are once role models have become models of ghetto trash, where unborn babies are slaughtered and their body parts sold for profit by the factories of death, where diseased and criminal immigrants are flooding America with minimal effort to stop them, where illegals are given medication and education, where white males are considered the incarnation of evil, where voting is rigged and the turnout is falling to new lows. This is the pathetic legacy of the left. 2002, the Statue of Liberty has been raped. And get ready for worse come 2021 when Joe and Kamala flood America with the diseased, uneducated masses from south of the border. 